your weight expectations are generally not realistic for your body. So this can be something that's very difficult to accept. And, you know, I'm very cautious of how to approach this topic as well. But I feel that this is something that, of course, as we know, diet culture and the media glorifies it. Um, You know, it's maybe that pursuit of thinness or that very specific weight. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there, thank you for joining us this week. Our topic for today focuses on disordered eating habits. Those so-called rules we learned years ago when the goal was to shrink our body. Those rules that we thought were getting us closer to our goals in weight loss, but little did we know the rules might be doing more harm than good and lead us to years of having an unhealthy relationship with food and our body. Today we talk with registered dietitian and certified personal trainer, Megan Maritato, the owner of MM Wellness. Megan has a deep passion for educating people about nutrition while teaching them how to enjoy the foods they love. She shows them that all foods can fit in the diet and her philosophy is deeply rooted in the intuitive eating principles, a body neutral perspective that teaches her clients how to heal their relationship with food and discover body appreciation and respect. We talk about body kindness, ditching dieting ways, steps to embrace intuitive eating, and so much more. Join us for this conversation. Well, Megan, it is so great to have you here with us on the show. Will you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Megan Maritato. I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. I currently um, am an associate professor um, in dietetics. Um, That's my full-time role, but I also own a private practice um, where I work with um, people who are struggling with disordered eating and um, things like that. I also do a variety of other things with that private practice, including some other contract work too, which I can get into a little bit later. But um, yeah, love what I do. Dietitians rock. So um, any chance I can get to talk about nutrition and um, dietetics, I will take it. <laughs> I want to rewind my career and start where you are. I want to be you uh, 20 years ago or 19 years ago, I should say. So <laughs> you're doing it all. It's so much fun to see. Thank you. Yeah, it, it can be a lot at times, um, but I just, you know, remember to take it day by day. And then, you know, whenever I need to back off a little bit, I definitely do it. make sure to take care of myself and make sure I have enough self-care time and um, can balance everything. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's great. And I'm, you know, so excited about what I do. Now, on your Instagram and profile, it says anti-dietitian, body neutral trainer, was this something that you were dreaming about when you were going to dietetics into the schooling years? Was this your idea of what your future would look like? Yeah, that's so funny you say that. Um, and no, definitely not. So 
Um, actually, when I started my business about two years ago, we're coming up on two years and um, at the end of June in July, and um, it was really weight loss focused. So um, originally was, um, you know, weight loss, weight management, um, and kind of a, you know, fitness coaching perspective and quickly changed that because I realized um, that was not the route that I wanted to go. Um, if you've heard the term anti-diet dietitian before, um, it's really just working with people that um, are, you know, again, like struggling with disordered eating, or maybe they're coming from that um, constant dieting, that cycle of dieting where they're really um, frustrated with themselves. They just feel like they're out of control um, around food or, you know, they feel that loss of control with eating um, and they're, you know, feeling very guilty about what they're eating or maybe very deprived. So, um, you know, that anti-diet dietitian, it is a little bit ironic too. And I've definitely gotten, um, you know, quite a few comments about that, especially when I started and, you know, you're a dietitian, like you shouldn't be promoting desserts or you shouldn't be, um, you know, doing this or that, that doesn't seem right. Like, aren't you supposed to be eating all healthy foods? And, um, so it's been really great to kind of be in this space and there's so many amazing dietitians, um, you know, on this anti-diet um, movement and the health at every size movement now. Um, and we're really paving the way um, because diet culture is just everywhere. And it's very, as we know, it's a, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. So it's, it's difficult to fight, but um, it's amazing that we're, be able, we're able to be in this space and really, um, you know, stand up against that. In talking in the intuitive eating space and the disordered eating space, um, you know, there really is no healthy diet. And I think um, that's something also that has been um, a little bit controversial, I think. But, um, you know, healthy dieting really doesn't exist from that perspective, um, just because dieting is all about cutting things out. Um, and dieting is all about, um, you know, that kind of cookie cutter diet that we that diet plan we go on or that meal plan that we go on. It's not sustainable. It's really not individualized. Um, and uh, we need to make sustainable, healthy behavior changes for the long term. Um, and so, you know, every time someone's like, well, you know, there, there's this way to diet that's healthy if you, you know, don't do this or don't do that specifically. And really, it always kind of comes back to that intuitive eating piece um, that's really important about listening to your body, connecting to your body, making sure you're nourishing your body in a healthy way instead of listening to all of these external factors like calorie counting, um, tracking macros, food scales. It is there. And like you mentioned, the diet industry, they make lots of money. And you talk about intuitive eating, but also body kindness. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So there are, um, you know, quite a few um, clients that I see too that are coming from a space where they're just not really happy with themselves um, and they are struggling with their body image as well. So, you know, sometimes it has to do with weight, sometimes it doesn't, but either way, um, you know, they're just not very happy, right? They, um, that's something that also has to be worked on to improve. So I'm a a big um, advocate for the body neutral perspective and really looking at the body in more of a neutral way instead of um, the body positive. I feel body positive is a very strong um, way to approach this, especially when someone is coming from a very um, difficult place where um, maybe, you know, they've been there for a while and they just don't feel great about themselves and that's okay. But 
um, to go from one end of the, of the spectrum to the other and saying, okay, we're going to practice body, body positivity now. Um, that's a lot for somebody to kind of switch, you know, their mindset to. So we kind of meet in the middle um, and I'm, you know, big with meeting clients where they're at as well. And I feel this works a lot to um, just approach it from a neutral perspective. What can, you know, the body do for you? Um, you know, my arms are strong. It can do this. My legs are strong. It can do that. So kind of just acknowledging in a matter of fact way what the body is and what it can do. Um, and I find that that body neutral perspective from both a fitness and nutrition standpoint has really helped a lot of my clients. So it's all about being kinder to the body and body respect. Um, you don't have to love your body, but you do need to respect it. That's a great way to explain it. And I love adding more terms to our vocabulary that body neutrality, body kindness, body positivity, um, it just may not be realistic every day. And we know that. <laughs> so set yeah. the standards in a realistic approach and work, work with that. Um, what is a message that you have to keep repeating to your clients? Yeah, so there and there's quite a few of them, right? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the, the biggest topic that comes up, especially right away when I start working with clients is um, your weight expectations are generally not realistic for your body. So this can be something that's very difficult to accept. And, you know, I'm very cautious of how to approach this topic as well. But I feel that this is something that, of course, as we know, diet culture and the media glorifies it. Um, you know, it's maybe that pursuit of thinness or that very specific weight. Maybe it's wanting to be that weight that we were in high school when we didn't have fully developed bodies. For everyone, it's a little bit different. But generally, I have clients coming in that have unrealistic weight expectations. So this is something that sometimes people do have to go through this grieving process of what they want wanted to be or want to be. Um, and they kind of have to go through that process of letting go. And, you know, intuitive eating um, is, you know, definitely gives you time to do that, right? It, it's a um, broader framework that takes a lot of work. And so there, there is, you know, a time of, okay, I need to let go of this. Um, but it is definitely a myth that we can choose our weight. And, you know, I suppose we can choose it if we cause, you know, biological harm to our bodies, right? But we're not talking about that. So um, it's also about learning to accept your genetic blueprint. If we all ate exactly the same and exercised exactly the same, we would still all look different. So, um, you know, I make it very clear that we don't have to settle for how we are, right? We can make healthy behavior changes, but I think it is generally difficult to accept that, um, you know, your weight expectations are not necessarily really going to be what, what you're able to um, accomplish, nor do we want that to be the forefront of our minds and goals. We want to be health centered versus just worried about appearance. That is such a great message and such a essential step to start the process of intuitive eating. Um, I yeah. remember in my internship uh, 19 years ago or however long it was, I won't date myself, but I remember one of the dietitians being with me and she was looking at an 80 year old woman and she's like, you know what? She's 80 years old. She just needs to enjoy um, the quality of life that she's having right now. And, you know, looking at it from a student part of it, 
and taking that nutrition approach, the medical nutrition approach, I thought that was um, a great way to look at it um, from a dietitian's point and not always in, in the medical aspect. I think there are also some healthcare providers that, you know, are starting to um, adopt this, maybe quite a few who already have, um, but, you know, some don't too. So that's, you know, another thing, if you, you know, have a doctor who is, you know, pushing weight loss and you just feel like you don't have a great relationship with food or, you know, you really do need help with that, um, you know, this is something to, you know, I feel the intuitive eating and the health at every size, um, it does contradict the established norms and beliefs. So, um, you know, sometimes there is that rejection of new evidence because it does contradict those norms that are already established or something that was learned, you know, years ago. So just to be aware of that too, and kind of be an advocate for yourself when you know that, you know, you feel something isn't right and you feel maybe I need to get help, um, you know, think about seeing a, a dietitian or somebody that kind of specializes in um, that nutrition or um, that uh, nutrition counseling too. What are some popular reels and posts that uh, your clients or your audience has been interested in? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of times it's um, the posts that are the anti-diet, um, maybe sometimes a little bit sassy, right? Um, but the ones that kind of go against the norms that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, that really spoke to me. I get a lot of people who um, will message me about specific posts, like, thank you so much for posting that. Um, this has helped me a lot. This is, um, you know, helped me just make better decisions or treat my body kinder. Um, so I've gotten a lot of that. And I feel, you know, that what I like to post on Instagram, I don't necessarily have like very specific things, I guess. I like to do um, kind of a little bit of everything. So I like to post recipes um, that I've developed. I also like to do, you know, some quick nutrition tips. So here's my, you know, favorite snacks, or here's some healthy meal prep things, um, you know, that can nourish your body and make you feel good that are also convenient and cheap. So things like that as well. But, um, you know, my main messages are um, that, you know, it's, it's okay to eat the donut. It's okay to have dessert. Don't skip dessert if that's what you really want. Um, find food that is satisfying for you that you're excited to eat. Um, so I just like to, um, you know, post things that hopefully can help people and speak to people and are relatable. Um, and just, you know, kind of break through a lot of that other um, messy di diet messages that are that are out there and maybe are, you know, a little bit harmful, too, in some ways to people as well. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yes, great information um, on your Instagram, like eight grab-and-go snack ideas, best Amazon meal prep tools. I love that. Um, you Thank have you. cheat meal crossed out and put eating a meal. And then you also talk about Hillary Duff and how she starves off, off her hunger and going into the diet culture and the toxicity of there. <laughs> 
Yes. So, so like I said, a little bit of everything. Um, but you know, I also think, I think it's important to understand that you can be anti-diet, but also want to make healthy changes. And, you know, hopefully that's a clear message when it comes to my media as well. But, um, you know, I think that can be, people feel like maybe they have to choose one where it's like, okay, I'm anti-diet. That means just I, I can eat whatever I want. And intuitive eating is eating whatever I want all the time. And, that's not true. And we know that that's not true. Um, but when we give ourselves permission to eat all foods, we know that generally we're going to choose a more balanced diet, right? Our plate is going to look more balanced. Um, and so it's important to establish that, but also know that it's okay to, to not feel good about where you're at and want to make healthy behavior changes. We can always improve on things, right? Whether it's um, changing our workout routine, or maybe, oh, you know, I don't work out enough, and I want to increase that, or I want to build some muscle, or build up my endurance, or just feel better. Um, so there's always things that we can change with nutrition and with physical activity. Um, so it's really about um, both and, and having that balance. And also for you to point out people in the, the media, hearing how they eat and what they eat in a day, and then realizing like, oh, that is diet culture because we can see it on social media, them talking about what they eat. And you, your mind is almost like you put them on a pedestal and you think, ooh, they are what I should be doing. But when they talk about certain things and getting that clear picture of disordered eating, it kind of is that light bulb like, oh, that, that is probably not the best for your health, overall health and mental health. Yes. And that's something for us that, you know, maybe a little bit easier to point out, not all the time, but uh, most of the time, because, you know, we have that education, we're constantly looking for it. You know, I am questioning everything all the time. Where is the source? You know, where did it come from? Is it credible? Right? So for us, it's a little bit easier as registered dietitians. But for, you know, clients who maybe don't have that knowledge, or, you know, they don't, they're not educated to be able to make those informed decisions. It's very unfortunate to see that there's a lot of that misinformation and harmful, right, toxic information and messages out there of, you know, Hillary Duff, I starve off my hunger by drinking coffee. Um, those types of people, um, you know, that celebrities and, and people that have big platforms, yes, you're right, we do put them on a pedestal sometimes and we look up to them and they do have a lot of fans and a lot of followers. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that they put, they choose to put those messages out there. Um, and of course, you know, Hillary Duff can do what she wants to do. That's her, her choice. But I think, um, you know, there also is a sense of responsibility with that um, platform saying, okay, you know, this may not be the healthiest choice. This is what I choose to do. But, you know, you need to make your own choices as well, or just maybe not talking about it altogether and it's acknowledging that it's not, you know, a healthy choice. Um, but yes, and I, and I think that is where I do see a lot of clients that come in, um, to my programs with confusion and just, you know, someone who, you know, is health and wellness, um, Gwyneth Paltrow is another one who it's like, you know, she talks about health and wellness all the time, but then her habits don't reflect health and wellness at all. Um, and so people are very confused with these contradicting views and points and they're kind of like just beside themselves by the time they do decide to see a registered dietitian. I was bummed to see Hillary Duff say this because I was, I've been a fan of hers in the Lizzie McGuire days, you know, and I'm like, no. Yes. Love her. Love her too. Um, and you know, we all, yeah, we all say things maybe, um, that we 
student once in a while. But, um, you know, again, I think it's not necessarily understanding the impact of these messages. I see it. Um, I see it, you know, firsthand with the clients that come in that are very upset about these messages or messages that they take, you know, they hear once and then they're doing this for months, maybe for six months, they decide not to eat breakfast because they're trying to lose weight and okay, I'm going to starve off my hunger with coffee. So I think it's not always understanding the impact of what um, some of those toxic messages can have on people as well. And what a lot, a lot of the times people forget is that, yes, you may see weight loss at the very beginning and then your body adapts and it sets that new level, your metabolic, I can't talk today, metabolic level <laughs> um, of mm-hmm. where your energy is and then you're set back how many steps and trying to just live on that set amount of caloric intake. Um we talk about diet culture, but there's a new word coming up. And if you're not familiar with this, no, no problem. But I wanted to pick your brain a little bit and talk about what is this wellness culture? Are you familiar with that? Are you talking about it in like a positive way or in the negative way? The negative way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm still learning what this is. Um, and what this means to people. And, you know, again, I see a lot of things firsthand because to be honest, my clients will come to me first with, Hey, what is this? What is that? Can you explain Ozempic? Can you talk to me about what this person said or, you know, wellness culture, ultra processed foods, all of these things. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, um, overall, right. We're diet culture and diet programs they're trying to adapt with what people are learning about intuitive eating, what people are learning about anti-diet. So now it's, you know, okay, we're treating the whole self. We're, you know, incorporating intuitive eating in our diet programs. We are, um, you know, and I, I think of wellness culture as like treating the whole self, right? The, the fitness and the nutrition piece. Um, and um, it's, there's just a, a lot of misinformation when it comes to that. And I think when they're trying to adapt with what registered dietitians, health professionals, practitioners are saying um, that is actually credible, then it makes it even more confusing for people out there. So I think adapting to or changing to that wellness, they're really just trying to adapt with what everything is, um, you know, the, the credible information out there too. From what I have seen, um, some, you know, specific examples with like um, dieting programs too. I've heard that, um, you know, specifically Noom will talk about intuitive eating um, and like other things like that. So I think they're slowly adapting um, and that's probably what I would have to say about that. Um, but, you know, it, they always keep us on our toes, Right. <laughs> I think with any type of program, dig a little bit deeper because it looks good on the outside and then you find something and then that's a red flag. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. I always tell my clients, question everything. Um, you know, always look into it, dig deeper, um, you know, find the source. Is it is it evidence-based? Is this credible? Um, can it be backed up by science? Yes. Um, are, have you... Are you familiar with the Ozempic and do you get a lot of clients asking about that? The new oh, yeah. loss drug? All the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is definitely a hot topic. Um, and I won't, I won't say much about this because, you know, there, you know, I do believe that people are, are using it for, you know, specific health reasons too. So I, and I completely understand that, but 
um, you know, using something that um, in the short term will, as you're using it, um, you know, suppress hunger, right? And you you don't feel hungry, you're eating less, that's fine. Um, but, you know, then weight loss comes along with that. I think as you stop using it, um, then what happens, right? So if we're not um, doing those, those healthy behavior changes, we're working on those things um, while we're using that, I think that, um, you know, it's going to be quite shocking to people who decide to discontinue that um, and then, you know, continue to, to just eat um, how they were before or have those um, habits as they were before without making those healthier behavior changes. Yes. Great um, insight on that because it's not the magic bullet like people think it is. And there is a reason why people are using it for medical nutrition therapy on certain parts. Um, mm -hmm. But the long-term effect, yes, I, I wonder what's going to happen when people get off of it. Uh, what is their metabolism going to look like? What is their muscle level going to look like? Because when we reduce caloric intake, you lose a lot of muscle. And as me getting in, in my 40s, um, I'm on the downhill slope. It's a very interesting topic for sure. Definitely interesting. And, you know, I feel too a classic diet culture that's kind of, um, you know, hijacked this and um, put their own spin on it where it's like, yes, this magic thing that you can take for weight loss. And, um, you know, unfortunately, people see that and they get very excited about that and they don't think about some of the long term effects or the things that they need to do to keep their body healthy um, and making sure that they're nourishing their body. Remember, it's not all about how we look, it's about health. And that should be the priority too, um, which is, you know, something that we, we don't always think about. So, um, you know, just, just thinking about, um, you know, maybe some of, some of the long-term effects as well, which I, I'm not so sure we, we know about that quite yet either. So um, yeah, stay tuned for, for that research, right? They are studying it a lot, and it's so much fun to hear um, things that they have found, for, for sure. Um, Megan, yeah. where can people find and connect with you? Yeah, so um, I do currently have a website, which is just mmwellnessnutrition.com. Um, and so you can connect with me on there. I have a lot of my... Um, programs and different things that I offer for services as well. I also have an Instagram, which is just mmwellness1, um, where I like to, again, post a lot of different things. So, you know, if you're interested, maybe not necessarily in working with me, but learning more about what I do, that would be a great way to connect as well. Um, I also, on my website, have um, links to be able to contact me. So if you just want to contact me in chat um, or send me an email, um, you can do that as well. Awesome. Um you do nutrition counseling as well as personal training? Yes. So nutrition counseling typically with long term. So I see most of my clients six, uh, about six months to a year um, with that, especially if we're kind of going through the intuitive eating counseling um, that does take a little bit more time. Personal training. So again, body neutral perspective um, and people of really all capabilities. So you know, I'm not going to force you to do things that you don't want to do. There's no strict workout regimens or anything like that. Um, but yes, personal training. I also offer grocery store tours and corporate wellness programs, which are just things that I do on the side. But with grocery store tours, um, I love grocery shopping, which might sound kind of weird, but um, decided to do this to help people just understand how to minimize like guilt in the store. Um, that is the thing. So minimizing maybe impulse buying and just eating what you truly want to eat, 
understanding nutrition labels a little bit more, what you're really eating, but also explore more projects, products, <laughs> explore more products. I think we get stuck in ruts of like doing the same thing over and over, right? Um, purchasing the same foods from week to week. We're definitely creatures of habit. So how to increase variety in the diet, get excited about foods again and purchase real satisfying foods. It's a huge part of healing your relationship with food. So grocery store tours from an intuitive eating perspective. I think grocery store tours are one of my favorite in-person services because to see a client's face, their light bulb, to be like, oh, really? I can I can eat this? Oh, you've opened my eyes up to so many more new things. And I think when they leave there, they have like a – a weight lifted off their shoulders, like some clarity. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely fun. Um, and I like doing things in person as well. So being able to be in person with clients is, is great. I have done virtual grocery store tours, but it's more fun to just be in person. So offering that, um, just, you know, within and surrounding areas of Milwaukee too. Um, but yeah, most of my obviously practice with nutrition counseling is online. So this is my one in-person service that I'm able to offer. You do it all and you do it well. Um, any last Thank takeaways you. for someone starting into this type of mindset? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really all about um, being patient with yourself. And I think it's giving yourself a lot of grace, understanding that, you know, if you are looking into nutrition counseling, working with the registered dietitian, it's okay to get help. You're not a failure. You know, you're not, um, that's not something negative. That's a huge, it's a huge um, step to be able to admit that, you know, something is wrong. I feel like I need to get help. I'm very confused. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I think really just encouraging you to, to take the step to um, seek help and, you know, find that credible, um, you know, health healthcare um, practitioner that's actually going to um, help you that you can trust. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a big step and first step to, um, you know, really healing and healing your relationship with food and also your body. So um, you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there who are, you know, in the same boat as you. And, um, you know, this is just one small step on a journey that is, you know, probably going to take a while, especially coming from the diet cycling and all of that. It's going to be something completely different, but um, it works. And, you know, there's a lot of research around it and it is evidence-based. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at those types of solutions versus the chronic dieting and the cycling and, you know, the expensive workout programs or, and um, dieting programs that, um, don't necessarily have your best interest in mind, right? So just being um, mindful about that and thinking about um, prioritizing your health, right? Your health is so important. And, you know, without that, we don't have much. So we want to make sure we're all taking care of ourselves. Um, I also see that you have a free consultation. Tell us more about that. So I do have a free discovery call um, and we can talk 30 minutes up to an hour. I really just like to get to know clients and let them know, hey, this is what I'm all about. Let's find something that, you know, of course, all, all of the programs are individualized. They're just tailored to you, but let's find something that fits um, for you and for your budget. So that's really what I like to do first um, and make sure that we're a good fit for each other. So it is free, so you can go ahead and sign up if you're interested um, or reach out to me and we can find a time that works for us. 
What are some uh, testimonials from your clients or stories that you can share when working with them? Sure. So one um, in particular, I had a client, um, or actually still do, but a client that um, you know came to me who was actually just very fearful about eating um, lots of different types of foods, um, and peanut butter being one of them. And to me, it was upsetting to hear because again, this person was just beside themselves about um, you know eating food in general and just you know being able to eat foods that were affordable, that nourished their body. Um, and it just became more and more difficult to be able to go grocery shopping or just like choose foods that they could eat um, for, you know, all breakfast, lunch and dinner. Right. So um, in working with them um, and again, it takes a lot of time. It's a lot of reflection, um, exercises, journaling, built, rebuilding that trust with the body, with the um, you know, um, hunger and fullness signals. So those body cues too, and rebuilding that mind body connection, because we can think things with our mind, right? We can, um, especially all of those external factors that we were talking about earlier. So the calorie counting, um, the, um, you know, food scales, things like that. Um, people are telling us specifically what to eat. We're not listening to our bodies. So to reconnect with the mind and body, um, again, is something that takes a lot of time, but is so important and really is essential with that intuitive eating process. So to be able to work with this person and see them slowly increasing that um, and building the awareness too, um, that self-awareness and um, observance is so important. Um, to be able to realize those things. Because a lot of times we are kind of on autopilot. We have very disconnected eating because of dieting. And this person in particular was dealing with that as well. Um, I'm all about, you know, giving that client the experiences. So again, the exercises that we can do together for the client to be able to realize those things themselves um, and, and see the progress, but also see the areas of improvement. Because the client's experience and their lived experience in their real life is, um, you know, way more powerful than anything I can sit there and, and tell you or anything that you're going to see on, you know, even a, a credible Instagram or a credible social media site, right? Um, so because of that powerful experience, it's important to work with that person and really um, show them these experiences and um, have them you know, see that and observe that. And so this one in particular was, um, you know, very rewarding for me to be able to see that and see the progress um, that this person made with being able to incorporate some of those more forbidden foods or novelty foods and in creating that habituation effect by increasing um, those foods into the diet that are like, you know, those novelty desserts that we think about that are like forbidden or we say are off limits. But see those food rules really minimized. And in the beginning, when this person came to me, they were fearful of eating peanut butter. And, you know, um, now fast forward to now, it's, um, you know, they're really enjoying their life. And um, they can eat peanut butter all the time, which is very exciting. Um, so just for them to be able to, for me to be able to see that and for them to be able to experience it is, is very rewarding. It's so cool and so heartwarming to hear that that story. Um, and also to know that you're the person that took them in the steps to find another way, to find those self-care habits. Um, you know, you could go on the typical diet culture, but 
you know, maybe six months to a year later, they might go on another diet. And now you're like putting that roadblock there and being like, nope, this is not the way. There's another way. And so thank you so much for sharing your story here and your message. It's a, it's really a powerful one. And we got to keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> yes, I agree. We're fighting the good fight. Um, and it takes a lot of work. But um, yes, and, and even if we can just help one person, um, it's worth it. Right. Thank you, Megan, for uh, coming on here and giving us all your great information. Thank you so much for having me. It is so much fun to talk with other experts in this area. And Megan is doing wonders in helping her clients find balance and enjoy all foods like peanut butter again. (laughs) I said this before, but this might sound insignificant, but someone who has dieted for years, getting over this mindset mountain is a huge step in getting their life back to food freedom. I also love Megan's mission to guide people to reach optimal wellness and nutrition and exercise through mind and body connection. Learning about body kindness, body neutrality is another great message for us to learn and share this with the next generation. Be sure to follow Megan for more great tips, mindset insights to help heal your own disordered eating habits. And as always, thank you so much for spending your time here with us on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.